0: Welcome to the Live Big podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit derekgreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer.
1: The Bible is its own best commentary. And uh, the New Testament largely explains the Old Testament. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to begin at Acts chapter 7, verse 23, then we're going to go back. To the book of Exodus and go directly to, to the narrative. But we're going to see some things that uh, uh, perhaps you, you've never seen before as we take a look at, at God's Word. Acts again 7 and 23. I, I just feel a little something extra in my spirit right now, so I'm just pausing for a second. But I, you know, we call God Father. And the term Father in the Greek is literally pater, pater. And I don't know, I've never studied this out, but in my mind, that word patter is where we get the word pattern. And a daddy is a pattern for his children. And Father God is not just a theological concept. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is my pattern because he reflects and represents the father. And as I imagine God in heaven with his father's hat on, I just want to salute you, dad, for teaching me how to be a man, teaching me how to walk, how to talk, teaching me how to conduct myself. Father, you have been such a tremendous pattern and I pray that the men in this room would likewise become patterns for their sons and their daughters of what godly men and women ought to look like. I'm going to try my best to get to Acts 7 and verse 23, but uh, I attend this church too and I just feel a little bit full and uh, it's just so awesome to be in the presence of of God. All right, we're just going to discipline ourselves. Let's, let's move forward. Now, when he's speaking of Moses, was 40 years old, it came into his, his heart. The way this was worded by Luke gives us the, the idea that somehow God put this idea into Moses' heart. And this is what we need to know about God. He doesn't have to, to speak in an audible voice. He doesn't have to do something super casual, fragile, and ex He doesn't have to do all of that to lead us. In fact, deep down inside, all of us knows what's right. Behind the arguments and the rationalizations, deep down, we know. And God had placed it in the heart of Moses that he had something that God wanted him to do with his life. And it came into his heart, watch this, to visit his brethren. Unlike the Charlton Heston movie where it seems that uh, Moses didn't really know where he came from, When you read the scriptures closely, it seemed that Moses actually all along knew that he was uh, an Israelite, because the Bible says he was to visit not just some people, but his what? Brethren. And he called them who? The children of Israel. Now, most of us are familiar with the narrative, particularly if you watch the movie. What happened was Pharaoh had uh, released an edict that uh, every male boy had to die, and the, the reason largely being is the Jewish population was exploding, and how many of you know if, if you're a tribal people and you have a tribe within your nation that's growing larger than your tribe, you might be in a little bit of danger? So uh, the Pharaoh was already concerned about the threat of the Hebrews, so he, he made this decree, hey, we're going to uh, do a little bit of population control and all the rest, so uh, people were actually killing their children, and uh, Moses' mom looked at the baby, she couldn't do it. So the Bible says she, you know, uh, twisted together some rushes and some reeds and all the rest, created this basket and actually pitched it with tar on on, on the outside. She made sure that it would float. And uh, she just basically gave the baby to God. She was like, God, I I can't do that to my child. So Lord, I'm going to give him to you. I'm going to give him to your purposes. And lo and behold, you know, the, the basket is moving up and down, well, it's moving down the, the Nile and bumping into various reeds, and it got stuck in, in, in one section, and it just happened that one of Pharaoh's daughters was, was bathing at that time. And when she saw the basket, she was like, that must be one of the Hebrews' uh, children in there. So uh, she had one of the servants go and, and fetch it. And then when the basket was brought to her, the Bible says uh, she opened it. And uh, she was filled with compassion, and what, what that really means, she saw this beautiful baby boy, and her, and her heart went out to him, and it was just a divine connection. And and God knows how to connect you to the right people at the right time. And yeah, and, and Mary, Moses' big sister, was being a good big sister, and. And when, when mom released the basket, she kind of watched from the distance. And I don't know what she was going to do if a crocodile tried to eat the basket, but she was there, you know, watching to, I guess, try to make sure that that, that wasn't the case. But she was at a distance. And and uh, as soon as that happened, you know, the, the princess is looking at the beautiful face of Moses and uh she sees that little heart thing go on and, and you know, Miriam watches and she's a smart girl. She poses a question. She said, well, uh, Mrs. Princess, uh, do, do you happen to need a, a wet nurse? And Miriam's a smart lady. So she's thinking and, and she's connecting the dots. So she's like, well, I'll, I'll take him because, again, the princess was not pregnant. So, she, you know, you need a pregnant mom to, to breastfeed a, a baby. So she arranged for Moses' own mother to breastfeed Uh, the baby. God misses no detail in our lives, and and his plan is awesome down to the minor detail. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11, we see the narrative continues, but let's dig in. Now, it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, Now, what you need to know about God is he's a God of reversals. That's just kind of what he does. In fact, you know, the first thing you you see about people in the Bible says a whole lot about their characters. Some people call it the law of first mention. And we're first introduced to God in Scripture. Guess what he's doing? Reversing a situation. The Bible said in the beginning, you know, uh, God, you know, created the the, the heavens and the earth. And then God said, what? Light be. But, But first... He saw darkness on the face of the deep, the Bible says. And as soon as he saw it, he said, I got to reverse that. He flipped it, and he spoke the, or the solution into the problem. He said, light being like what was. So we see from the, from the very beginning, there's something about God's character, something about his nature. It just likes to flip things. It likes to reverse things and shift things. That's true of God when he started this thing, and it's true to God today. So it says, now it came to pass when Moses was what? Grown. So here we have this God being God, he, he's, he's poetic, he's ironic, he's, he's interesting, he's just phenomenal. So we, we have this boy, or this child born of a slave, but God says, I'm going to flip that, and, and that child is going to be raised by a queen. The very child that the government wanted to kill, the government would feed the, the, the government would, would educate, the government would promote to actually the highest position of the land. Again, God knows how to flip it. He knows how to turn things around in somebody's life. I think Joseph said it best. He said, you may have meant it for evil against me, but God meant it for good. See, even man's plans, as dark and as, as terrible as they may, God knows how to flip it and how to turn it. And he knows exactly what he's doing. Well, when Moses was grown, he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. Again, the Bible keeps repeating that Moses and, and the children of Israel are related, and it seems very much like he, he knew. And he had watched the, the, the treatment, the brutal treatment, actually, of the Hebrews for, for years, all the first 40 years of his life, and he finally had enough. But here's the deal. Don't get permanently stupid just because you're temporarily angry. And... and the problem here is Moses did not think through what he was about to do. And in this moment, he's about to cause more problems than he solves. And what's amazing is when you're angry, you almost feel prophetic. When you're angry, just like every word that comes out of your mouth seems so right. But actually, folks that study this, this type of thing uh, say that when we're angry, uh, these, these hormones, stress hormones begin to flood our bodies and they begin to dull the, the reasoning part of our brains. So when you're angry, the Bible says, sin not. In other words, take a moment, take a breath, think about it before you do it. But Moses didn't do that. The Bible says, so he looked this way and then he looked that way. How many of you know the AC must have went off in this place? So he looked side to side, and when he saw no one, you see, the problem was he didn't look up. The problem was he didn't take any time to pray. He just heard what his anger was saying. He just heard what his own mind was saying about what was right and what was wrong. He just looked at what men might say about it, but never inquired of the Lord about what he might have to say about it. And he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Now, what you may want to do may seem to you to be the right thing, but the problem with Moses is he was trying to do it in his own strength. In fact, you might look at this and say, well, you know, Moses, this was a a heroic attempt, but even a heroic attempt at the wrong time actually becomes the wrong thing. You see, Moses, we're, we're introduced to Moses, and one of the first things we see is that Moses has a temper. And it was his temper that actually got him uh, kicked out of Egypt. But later in the wilderness, that same temper emerges. God tells Moses, he's frustrated with the people, the people getting on his last nerve. And God said, Hey, Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. Moses got mad and he hit the rock. And because he hit the rock, he did not enter the promised land. Now, there's lots of things that that we can learn about that. But even though this man walked with God, I mean, he, he, he met with God face to face. He was still a human. He still had besetting issues in his life that he had to tend to. And if he did not guard against it, he would go back to the way he was. So, you know, as as holy and as righteous and as much as you love God, if Moses still had some issues that he had to monitor and keep in check, likewise, if we're going to be successful in this journey, there are some things about ourselves we need to know about ourselves and continue to check about ourselves. Amen. So here's the whole lesson. Stop being a hothead. Stop being a hothead. Take a moment, pause, think about it, pray about it, breathe, then respond. Mm -hmm. So he does this the first day, but it wasn't an isolated incident. He went out the second day, and behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? There's nothing wrong with the heart of Moses. God placed it in his heart that God would use him one day to deliver the Jewish people. But the problem was Moses kept trying to do it in his own strength. Now, you may have really heard from God. God may have really put that thing in your heart. But the problem often is that we persist in trying to do it in our own strength and in our own time. So verse 14 Then the man responded, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Again, the right thing at the wrong time becomes the wrong thing. And the people rejected Moses, rejected his help. And then the guy said, do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? When they had said that, Moses realized that word had had gotten out and that he was in serious trouble. So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, watch this, he sought to kill Moses. Now, Josephus says, and Pharaoh wasn't just being mean. Pharaoh, uh, he has some issues, and we see that a little bit later. But Pharaoh was trying to protect his nation. Josephus tells us that Moses was, was one of the greatest generals in Egypt at the time. In fact, he was used to defeat the Ethiopians, which would cover modern-day Sudan and, and part of Ethiopia uh, today, and uh, I mean, that group of people was a powerful, powerful people, and not a lot of folks could, could overcome them, but he defeated the, the Ethiopians, and uh, here's the deal. A man of that status, a man that celebrated, a man with that type of influence, for, for that man to be presumed or people to think that he's siding with the Israelites was not only a threat to the country, but to Pharaoh's very throne. So Moses, being a good politician, understanding exactly what's going on, fled from the face of Pharaoh, and he became a fugitive. And he dwelt in the land of Midian, and when he got there, he sat down by a well. Here's what I want you to see here. When God calculated his plan. For Moses' life, it was not dependent on Moses being perfect. Likewise, when God calculated his plan for your life, it was not dependent on you being perfect. God's plans are not only bigger than our mistakes, it often includes our mistakes. Exodus 2 and 16. Despite Moses' temper problem, God knew where that temper would lead him. Perhaps you have a gambling problem. Perhaps you have a lust problem. Perhaps you have a, a lion problem. And, but despite all of those, those issues that were going on in, in his heart and mind, God kept working in Moses' life behind the scenes. Verse 16, now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. Now, Moses had just come through the, the desert. He's tired, and he's thirsty, and, and a little bit exhausted, but he's still very much a man. So he sees these seven daughters, and, and the Bible says that when he sees them, you know, it's like he pauses. He's obviously watching these ladies and paying attention to what's going on. And by the way, God knows what to use to reach you right where you are. That's right. yes, sir. And they came and drew water. And they filled the troughs to water the father's flock. Now this is my message, so I'm gonna tell it the way I want to tell it. So Moses was, you know, off at the distance, and he was watching the well. People came to the well during the day, and uh, he was sitting there. And these seven ladies are at the well, and he's maybe you know hundred feet out, and he start, you know, like, "How you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> Moses not married. It's been a long walk in the desert. <laughs> Those seven ladies were looking really, really, really good. But it seemed like they didn't really pay him any mind. So he's just sitting there kind of posing. And finally, his opportunity came. Then some, some shepherds came and started bullying and trying to push the ladies around. And Moses was like, oh, they did this, this is my moment. He stood up. Like I said, it's my story. I'm going to tell it the way I want. And he helped them. But what you got to know about Moses is Moses is an Egyptian prince. He's trained since he was a child how to defend himself and, and you know, how to use knives and, and how to throw spears and, you know, the best uh, self-defense practices he, he, he was studying. So a few dusty shepherds was really no challenge to him. So he, he defeats these shepherds. And he watered their flock. And, and again, uh, this, is, this is in the Greek version of the Bible. But the lady sat there like, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> Everybody was excited. Moses, you know, did this thing. And, and man, you know, he's feeling pretty good at, at this moment. And, you know, everything is going Moses' way. And the ladies were so impressed, they took him back home to meet dad. So when they came to uh, Ruel, Uh, And by the way, that name means friend of God. He has several names in the Bible. Jethro literally means Your Excellency, and that seems to be his title. And, you know, it's just amazing, though, how God, though, uh, just kind of happened. Out of all the people in the desert, mostly everybody worships idol. But out of all the families he could have met in the desert, he just happened, just happened to bump into the descendants of Abraham and Keturah and and, and those that worship the one true God. It just kind of happened. What an amazing coincidence. But what I've learned is coincidence is really just God's way of staying humble. That's it. It Says, their father said, how is it that you've come home so soon today? Moses helped every, you know, he he did what he did. He helped and, and everyone was home early. One of the most attractive things about a man is getting it done. In fact, a a lady said this. She she wrote uh, Little Women, uh, uh, Louisa Elcott. She said, energy is more attractive than beauty in a man. And, yeah. A man ought to have a certain energy about him. No, oh my gosh, they kicked me out of Egypt and I walked on the desert and, and I feel so weak. I don't know what to do. There's certain energy about a man that's attractive. And despite the fact he'd been kicked out, despite the fact he was tired and thirsty. He still rose up to the defense of those ladies and protected them and and fought with them. And and we got to get back that energy that makes us men. I know that's not politically correct, but I really don't care. Part of a father's job, as I said earlier, is to teach the son how to talk, how to walk, how to live, how to be, how to carry himself. And we weren't made for all that twitching and switching. No, stay with me. There ought to be a masculine energy about us when the people we love are in our presence. Don't lose that. We no longer celebrate that in our culture, but don't lose that. That energy makes us men, and we have to pass it on to our children, lest it's lost. And a little more commentary than you want. Sometimes when I walk in the mall, I don't know if it's a girl or it's a boy. No, no, I'm not messing with nobody. I'm trying to help somebody. You are not an accident. A man is not competing with a woman. We were made to compliment one another. She brings out the man in me, I bring out the woman in her. And when I lose my distinctive
0: this has been Live Big with Dr. Derek she loses Greer, her the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Same it is when I lose my you blessed and empowered to live big. She loses Listen respect. to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free God at gracechurchba.org.
1: We you that invite extra you to extra join to Dr. Greer
0: and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, God Virginia. God did not, not make a mistake when he gave Marine you that
1: extra estrogen. Beach.
0: We would love to meet you and have you God join us for worship, make a teaching, and fellowship when, when every Sunday When he made your just a
1: little bit more narrow.
0: directions, service times, and much. More and he made her just a Church little bit va. more wide. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays Adam, at this time for the teaching ministry when he was introduced of Dr. To Gary e, Greer. And remember, he got so excited. Time, live big.
1: He's been naming animals all day long. Okay, there's a giraffe. There's an elephant. There's a lion. Tiger, bear. Yeah. I'm going to get back to the message in just a second. I'm trying to help you. I'm your friend. I'm pulling for you. I'm not judging you. I'm trying to love you. When God woke him up from his sleep and he saw Eve, he was like, No, no. She is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. She shall be called my woman. He immediately claimed her. He immediately said, Baby, you are mine. And immediately they became one. You see, when he was looking at the donkey, the mule, and none of that complimented him. But when he saw her, you hear what I'm saying? I remember a comedian once said, he said, uh, you know, when, when, when God said, made man, it was like he was man. But uh, when Adam saw the woman, he was like, wow, man. I'm going to get back to my text. But stop fiddling with design. God loves you. He's for you. And he made you on purpose. Embrace who you are. Embrace it. Embrace it. All right. Y'all took up all my time with that little side venture that you took me on. Let's skip a little verse 21. Then Moses was content to live with the man and he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses. So he and Zippy started a family and they had a first baby named Gershom and life went on, verse 23. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died.
0: You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.